the blast from our past network. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I am your host, Tim, and this week we are finally getting back into Deadly Class with Volume 8, titled Never Go Back. And with me is co-host Dean. How's it going, Dean? Present. Yes. You're, you've been tardy this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go see the principal. Yeah, that, uh, that's, I, I could see that coming for sure. It's uh, not going to be my first principal visit of the month. Yeah. Um, that was a stupid intro. <laughs> what? That was stupid. That was classic. <laughs> class. That was classic. That was Tim. classic. Um, oh yeah. No. Hey, how 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 about this deadly class comic that we just can't seem to finish off? Uh, I mean, dude, it's uh, it's freaking awesome. Well, I know I it's say, freaking like, awesome. I think... I'm talking about I, well, our, our, del- our giant gap in delays from episode to episode. I get it. Um, it's because we like to cover some new stuff. It seems like we're covering the same thing if we cover it again. You know, it's like it's not it's not something fresh for us. We like to bounce around different things. And it's like, oh, yeah, book number eight of something we've been doing. Book number eight. That's right. so many. I know. We, we've been going for a long time on Deadly Class. It's great. Yeah, I think I think it's a win that it hasn't taken us eight years to get to volume eight. I think that's a win. That's a good point. I guess we're not doing too bad. Maybe I'm being too hard on us. It's just been a long, it's been a long time since we did volume seven. That's all. It's been, it's been quite long. Now it was released in 2019. Same group as the, the last few volumes. You got Rick Remender writing Wes Craig on art and Jordan Boyd on colors. And the book is just uh, glorious as ever. Um, A question for you, though, Dean, as we often do like a recap of the last volume, it's been so long. I had to like scratch my head and and try to remember what the hell has even been going on in this entire story so far. I I couldn't remember a whole bunch of stuff. So I want to ask you, just summarize really quickly. You don't have to go back to volume one and like hit the beats, but... Just some of like the the strings that have gone on throughout. Just really quickly, let's say a new listener has tuned in uh, and doesn't know anything about this book, and now we're going to tell them about Volume Eight. What do you think they need to know about this series? Shit, Tim, for real. I like opened up this book, and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on in the story, but at least Tim gives us recaps. I was I was banking on you giving me the recap, Tim. I'll give the recap. I just want high level from you. Like when someone says, hey, Dean, have you read Deadly Class? And you're like, yes, I have. Uh, And then they say, is it any good? And you're like, yes, Yes. it is. And then they say, Dean, why is it good, though? What would you tell them? Um, I would tell them it's depressing. Okay, that's that's why it's good. good. I like reading depressing stuff. I like um, examining that side of my emotions. 
from time to time. Yeah, so it's a, it's about um, it's about a high school that trains assassins. So it's teenage kids that are training to be assassins, and uh, that's where some of the depression comes from because some of these kids have had pretty rough lives to get to this point where they are put into school to be an assassin. Um, so that's uh, yeah, that's what I would say you need to know about the book. Yeah, you've got like all the the high school drama that you'd expect out of high school and kids who are like 15 years old. But to escalate that, they're training to be murderers and assassins. So, you know, a typical fight in the hallway, you know, you could potentially be killed. Uh, and then there's all sorts of other things that go on. And lots of people die. You know, there's um, a lot of key characters have been killed off in this series We've been kind of following a few of the main characters around. There's some secondary characters who have still been there. But yeah, uh, Rick Remender, he just has this way of um, really deeply examining kind of the psyche of um, like what these characters would be like. Not just like what a teenager is like, but like what a teenager who is an assassin would be like. And what if yeah. their family was a crime family? Like, what what would be inside of this kid's head? And he does an excellent job at that. And then he throws in all sorts of fun stuff, like all these, like, massive fights, um, really cool characters. He's got all sorts of drug use and psychedelic and uh, hallucination scenes. Um, there's all sorts of sex in, in the book. It's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to read. It's a mature comic, obviously. Um, it's not for children, but I, it's a fun read. I really enjoy reading this series. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. And, and something, one of the elements that uh, brings a lot of the fun is that we, we said there was high school drama because they are high school kids, but they're going to a school where there's classes like uh, like poisons and like hand-to-hand -hand combat and like weapons and things like that. So uh, it, that that kind of setting um, is just fun to play around in in this book. It's fun to to have such serious and such such classes that are out of our element, but we're getting all the same types of drama and groups that we would have seen in high school. So it makes it uh, it makes it really fun. Yeah, and I agree. And what Remender does a really good job with is while that sounds awesome, like I would want to enroll in a high school like this to learn like the poison to take the poison class and to take all these right. different classes like explosives. Um, you know, I feel like I'd get better grades than I did in high school because the, the classes would be more fun. But uh, Remender doesn't just use that as a tool to get you interested. He really digs in and makes you not want to go to this type of school because if you did go to a school like this, there would be a whole bunch of other garbage that comes along with it. And he does a great yeah. job of showing that garbage and creating this world that, you know, you actually, I wouldn't want to enroll in it because of all the crap that goes on and, and um, how hard Marcus, our, our main character, um, like how hard of a time he has going through it and what it does to him and how it damages him. So it's just, it's this like real fake world that Remender creates really like real kind of characters within. Like they're all very yeah. believable and I buy them all for the struggles they're going through. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Totally. You did it.
Uh, we did it, Dean. We did it. We did it. We did do it. Now I, I will, had a hand in that. You did. Uh, you started us off. Thank you. Now I will give the the last volume recap because we do do that. And last volume, that was a wild ride from start to finish. That was we both agreed our favorite volume up until this point. Yeah, totally. Um, there was some fun stuff going on. Marcus and Victor, who had been uh, mortal enemies, they finally had it out, a fight to the near death. And Marcus was about to shoot Victor dead, but he stopped and just threw the gun down, which opened up um, a great moment later in the book when Victor, for the first time, decided to help Marcus out. And he actually saved the lives of the King's Dominion crews. We both really enjoyed that moment. It was a bit of a shocker. And Marcus also found out that Petra, uh, who's his friend, was one was the one who killed his other friend, Billy. He didn't know that. And this, in turn, leads to Marcus letting Petra die at the hands of Brandy, right? Brandy. Brandy. Was it yeah. Brandy killed her. That was a terrible moment. We, we both really liked Petra. And to see her yeah. die in that moment when Marcus could have saved her... Ooh, I didn't like that one. It, yeah, it was tough. It was a tough moment. Um, it was uh, it was an intense moment. And I think we were even split on what we really thought was going through Marcus's head at that moment. Yeah, exactly. We, we were split. I thought he uh, I think I well, I thought he did it on purpose and you thought he didn't do it on purpose. I thought, yeah, I thought he kind of had no choice, but yeah. he might feel like he had a choice. But I think he didn't really have a choice. Now, that moment led to Helmet, who was in love with Petra, to completely doubt Marcus, as Marcus said he tried to save her. He doesn't believe Marcus. Also, uh, Brandy, Dixie Mob Brandy, who killed Petra. This was Brandy. That last volume was Brandy's volume, dude. We got oh, to see yeah. her fight for the first time ever. She'd kind of been like this secondary character who was just kind of goofy and in the background. And then she gets a chance to kind of unleash in this volume. And my goodness, it starts off. She's been stabbed in the stomach and then just goes on a rampage for the rest yeah. of the volume, murdering everybody. It was great. It's awesome. She was kind of a character, like you said, that was around for the jokes, around for the laughs for the first bit. Um, we, we liked her because we liked to, you know, hear how she was written, hear the things she was saying. But then all of a sudden in this volume, she just kicked ass like she was unreal. It blew us away. It was it was a cool, cool volume to see her sort of take control of everything. It was fun. Yeah, we had no yeah, idea was she was fun. capable of that. Yeah. Marcus monologued to himself that you can forgive someone and still hate them. He was referring to Petra when he said that. And uh, this mm. was the end of the volume. He walks over to Petra's grave where Helmet was standing. He walks beside Helmet and says that he loved her too. Helmet says that he heard Petra was responsible for the death of one of Marcus's friends. Marcus mm, says, right, yeah. yes, but he forgave her for that. Helmet says, maybe, but maybe he didn't. But it doesn't matter now, not to her anyway. And that's how that volume ended. 
Cool. Yeah. I'm, it's all coming back to me now, Tim. Definitely. Thank you for the recap. A lot of great stuff happened. Now, yeah. this volume, volume eight, yes. starts off with a picture and an arrow pointing towards Marcus and the text of Marcus, colon, everyone he loves dies, which yes. I thought was a really nice start. They're just Tim, reminding us, everybody this... who Marcus has lost yes. has been killed. It's an absolutely perfect start to this book. It's perfect that we haven't read it in many, many months because <laughs> I sit down, I open up the book and I'm like, okay, what's going on in what's going on in Deadly Class again? First thing I read, an arrow pointing at the main character, Marcus, everyone he loves dies. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm right back there. I get it. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> totally. It's so perfect. This entire first issue was perfect because Amazing. Deadly Class is one continuous story. And this, this actually turned out to be a really good place for us to have a long hiatus because the story really seems to calm down here. It's about, It's been at a, a real like intense peak for a couple of volumes. And yeah. this is like the, the calm down volume. It's like just, whoa, yeah. let's just settle back down. Everybody catch your breath. And they're, they're kind of ramping you back up to something. So uh, it kind of worked out that we had a bit of a break. Yeah, totally. They they often stick these types of issues in between, um, like big arcs in volumes, but it's or, or like in storylines. But it's usually just like the one issue. Yeah, this is sort of a whole, the whole collection yeah. that a whole volume that is a slowdown. And I yeah, I I liked it for that for that reason. Now, when we say volume, turns out that this volume is only four issues, which is shorter than they've had before. I think it's five. No, it's four. But one of them, it's four? Yeah. I think it's five, but one of them was a free comic day issue. Well, I read 36, 37, 38, and 39, which comprised volume you eight. Are probably, you are probably right, Tim. You're probably right. Oh, it's quite short. But what did you read, though? I want to know what you read, what this additional issue is. What is this free comic day issue you're talking about? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe was I'm it, wrong. Was it the was the the last issue you read? Did it have a picture of Helmet on the cover? It was just a picture of him. Because I think that's the. I don't know. I don't have the. I don't have the covers. Oh, I in think the volume. There's no covers. I think you went into the next volume. So Dean is going to be covering volume eight plus the first issue of volume nine this week. Everybody. I don't. Okay. Whatever. We'll see when we get there. Whatever. I feel like I read five, but I could be wrong. Maybe I only read four. Well, they did six for like the first couple volumes were six issues. Then they dropped down to five for a while. And this is the first yeah. one where they actually dropped down to four issues. Yeah, here, let me let me zoom through here. Hey, uh, while uh, everybody's uh, waiting for Dean to figure out what's going on, I would just like to say, uh, listeners, thanks for joining this week. We, uh, we appreciate having you. Uh, feel free to check out our new Patreon page. We are now on Patreon. There's several episodes available up there if anybody's interested in um, signing up to become a member, a precious member, member I would say. Our members are the most precious to us. So we love everybody, but uh, our members are especially loved. 
Um, Tim, I hundred percent read five issues. There's five issues in my collection. Five issues in your collection. Yes. This is strange. This is strange. Okay. I might have to read another issue. I might be short an issue right now. We'll we'll see. Well, let's just yeah, let's just go through it. I think the last issue is was a comic that was part of Free Comic Book Day because there's no plot progression at all. It is a flashback. The entire issue is a flashback of something that happened and it's like nothing. Nothing happens. It's basically just Oh, I don't think I read that. Yeah. Okay. 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 Here's what we're going to do. Um we might have to pause this this uh, episode Dean. I might sure. have to go yeah, read this issue good. because I, it won't this take is, it won't take you long. It won't take me long. This is um, we owe this to the listeners to to get this right. So yeah, it's in my it's in my volume and it, it rules. So you should you should read it. Okay, we're gonna pause. I'm gonna go read that issue and we'll be right back. Cool. All right, we are back, and I have read the additional issue, and yes, there wasn't there was an extra issue, but it wasn't. It's not like a numbered issue. It's not. It's not like credited to this volume. As you mentioned, it was a free comic day book, so I knew the volume was comprised of thirty six to thirty nine. So that's what I read. I didn't realize there was this free issue in the back. So I read it. Awesome. I'm caught and you're going to leave in all that, all that dead air that it took you to read it, right? Oh, yeah. You guys want to... So that all the wanna... listeners have time to go read it <laughs> yeah. as well. You want to listen to 15 minutes of dead air? We should put. Yeah. We should just have two hours of dead air so they can read all five issues and come back. No. Hey. You, you know what? That would be dumb because they can just pause the episode. Oh, uh, yeah. You're right, Tim. That would have been dumb. Back uh. in the radio days, we'd have to have dead yeah. air. But now that we got technology... Don't need it. Anyways, I feel like we've wasted enough of their time already. <laughs> That's a, gr- That's a, a good, pretty good joke. Good issue. Good issue. It was a nice flashback. We'll get to it, though. That's yeah. issue five. Um, issue one, though, as with any great deadly class issue, we get a great hallucination slash inner spirit journey slash contemplation of life from Marcus. Um, he's going through all his feelings. He's thinking about all the loved ones that he's lost. He's thinking about what got him to this point. Was any of it worth it? He doesn't know. And we're treated to some absolutely amazing imagery in this hallucination scene. Um, Marcus is a snake person a couple times. Mm -hmm. Uh, At one point we see Helmet. And the top portion of him is helmet, like from the waist up, but from the waist down is a like a possessed three-headed goat with snakes for a tail. Yeah. Um, it kills Maria out of revenge for, for what Marcus did to Petra. Yeah. And then we see Z, and she's an angel of death, and she comes to carry Maria away. Just some really cool shit going on. It's... Uh... It's incredible. I caught, it's I like, caught you taking a sip of your beer again. 
Yeah, I know. It you, always you, I think you cut off your you cut off your sentence really quickly just because you saw me nope. pick up the can. You just You're like, well, I better, I better cut this thing off. <laughs> um, this is like my favorite kind of issue. Uh, just like we get, we get all just in Marcus's head. Um, I, we're not actually sure what it is at the beginning. If it's like a a dream or a drug trip or whatever it is, it ends up being sort of like a spirit walk thing where he he took some drugs and he's trying to find himself. Um, it's. It is it is perfect for me because you get the this inner sort of monologue from Marcus, which I love that stuff. I love when Remender gets into that stuff. But also, like Wes Craig just gets to go wild. Like this stuff is so fun. It's so it's so different from page to page. He's not doing the same thing twice ever. He's kind of it's kind of feels like a dream because he's jumping styles all over the place. Um, he does these really cool things where Marcus will look ahead at something. And then, like, say, a hole in the wall. And then that hole, Wes will just keep drawing bigger and bigger sort of on the page, which is, like, indicating that we're getting closer and closer to it. But he's not, like, actually showing Marcus getting closer and closer. He just has the dot, like, running down the side, and it's getting bigger and bigger. I love that stuff. I love everything that's going on with, like, the crazy art in all of this and the cool stuff that Marcus has to say. Like, to kick off the... the um, volume, it couldn't have gotten better than this. I was immediately right back in, and I was actually thinking, I was like, okay, my first thought was, oh man, I love comic books. I haven't read a lot of comic books lately, and I fucking love comic books. And then my second thought was, well, I just I just really love this comic book. Like, I think this is one of my favorite comic books, and this this one issue just kind of reminded me of that. It's so good. Totally. I echo that sentiment. Um, all of it. I, I love what Wes Craig is doing in this book and what he always does. It's so yeah. great. His style is so perfect for like hallucination scenes. It's just the, the totally. shit he comes up with is just wild. Um, I had been out of comics for a while as well. We've been covering lots of movies on the podcast. Yeah, we did like, we've done, you know, one, one here, one there, but I felt like I was falling out of touch a little bit. I recently jumped back into Saga, which I hadn't finished because they're going to be starting new issues soon. I sat down and I rifled through some issues and I just couldn't believe how much fun I was having. Comics are really a different world than movies. Like it's different to sit yeah. down to, and read a comic book. It's more immersive than a movie. Um, it's It feels yeah. um, more intimate. Uh, and I just had so much fun reading some Saga. And then, yeah, when I sat down to this, which is just the first thing I read after Saga, exactly the same as you. Like, what a great first issue. I just got sucked right in. This was exactly what I wanted out of a first issue. I mean, this is this is also my favorite stuff to read in this Deadly Class. Um, the, well, it's the most fun stuff, at least. Like, I do like when they get their storylines going and uh, you get to some cliffhangers and to some really important moments. But there's no greater issue than when, when they just do a full-on like drug trip scene for, for a whole issue, which they often do. Yeah. They're just so much yeah. fun. I mean, we go back to like volume one, I think, and Marcus is hiding under a, a car because he thinks digital mountains are coming to get him. He's on, yeah, he was on acid that time. He was the acid king in that one. <laughs> he's the acid king. This one, he's the peyote king. That's what he's on right now. Yes. Yeah. Really, really great though. Um, great stuff. Part of this hallucination, we get a flashback of Marcus as a young boy when his parents are still alive, and mm -hmm. he's just so innocent and happy. 
And dude, every time I see one of these flashbacks of him as a kid, it makes me feel so sad, um, which is such great writing that I feel sad for uh, a drawing on a page. But I just get so sad because it all could have been so different for Marcus if his parents hadn't been killed. You know, and they keep showing us these moments of what it might be like and how happy he is. He's always happy in these flashbacks and he's never happy in the real world. Uh, They always get me, man. And once again, it got me. Yeah, totally. Uh, And Wes Craig, too. Uh, I think that uh, he has a big hand in that because he draws those parts so innocent and and the colors are so light, but like the the faces, Marcus's face as a child is so innocent. Um, uh, the same thing when I we we kind of go from Z being this angel and then actually being the devil. She's like both. So Marcus thinks she's an angel coming down. She takes Maria, but she's actually a devil, and she says she's taking Maria to hell. So you get this like really intense part, and then it just transitions right into that sort of innocence of his flashback. And it's such a it's such a jarring change from in the art that you really you really feel for him in that moment. Mm-hmm. Now, still in the hallucination scene, we see Marcus talking to Master Lin, who tells him he sabotaged himself at King's Dominion, and he put too much pressure on himself, and failed himself before he even started. Um, th- this whole issue is great, because it's clearly like Marcus dealing with the things in his life that are, are kind of haunting him, and he's struggling with. And these are all like, this is his spirit journey. You know, it's like, he's kind of like trying to make his way through all the, the dirt and the mud and all the things that are worrying him in his real, real life. When he's sober, he's forced to deal with now as he's taking this, this spirit walk. So, you know, it's like the things that he, the things that are weighing on him heavier are obviously Petra and what he did to Petra, what I think he did to Petra. And he feels like Helmet is going to come after him, right? And he's worried about keeping Maria safe. So that's that's what he sees. He sees Helmet as this monster. Then uh, Z, she's um, like she's a Christian in the book, right? She's religious. So he sees her as this angel figure. But then she turns into the angel of death, right? Because again, Maria's in his hallucination. Maria gets killed, so Z has to come down and take her away. And he kind of has these associative moments with characters and real characteristics they have combined with worries that he has about the situations, right? Then Master Lin is weighing on his mind um, because of actually what's going to be coming up soon, right? But you can see that also that's happening in his mind too. He's wondering with that. He's struggling with like the whole King's Dominion thing. And I, I like the way that this is written, kind of exploring all of those different ideas. Yeah, totally. It It is him facing all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So we see Tasawi and um, learn that the whole crew here, the, the five of them, um, Marcus, Maria, Helmet, Z, and Tasawi are out in the desert on this spirit journey on peyote. And it seems like Marcus starts to come back to reality. Uh, he's standing in front of a fire. And he's got a snake that he just grabbed off the ground and broke its back. And he says, they won't stop coming. We know too much. We only have one option. We have to play by their rules. We have to go back 
to King's Dominion. That's great. Great. Let's go Love back. Love it. We haven't been there we've in been, a couple volumes. We've been out for so long. I forgot. I forgot that this is like, oh, yeah, the, they started out in school. And that's the cool thing about this. Like, that's what I really liked about it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's go back. As soon as he says that, I'm like, great. I'm super pumped about the next issue. Like, this is such a great start. Me too. Yeah, I'm ready to go back. It's been a lot of fun. Just, you know, the places we've been over the past couple volumes. Um, and the reason that we had to leave was a lot of fun. But let's go back. We yeah. cut to Kenji and his Kuroki gang in Japan. And Kenji is Seiya's brother and an all-around piece of shit. Um, we hate this guy, man. We hate him. He killed their mother and currently has Seiya yeah. chained up in a room. Uh, he's a great character, though, to have in this book because of how much you yeah. hate him. You just love to hate him. He's such a dirtbag. Yeah, bag. you kind of need... You need this kind of menace and and hate in the book because uh, the other like really big force that we've been fighting the entire time is Victor and we love him. <laughs> like yeah. so, we need someone to hate in the book, and it's it's definitely definitely uh, fulfilled here. Yeah. Now Kenji is with his gang, and they are celebrating Seiya's capture. Quan is there also, and Quan, uh, if you remember, is the traitor. Who keeps giving up the crew to to Kenji? Um, Jeez. They did a really good job of making us feel sympathetic for him for a little while, but he just seems like he's always going to be Kenji's rat. Just whenever he can use that as an out, he's giving up the crew. So, yeah, yeah. As the book does, we often feel for the 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 different characters um, in the book and and what they're going through. So we did have that moment where he felt for him, but then he just did it again. Like we thought, I think it was to create a moment where we thought we could trust him and we thought yeah. he'd do the right thing. And then he just totally didn't. So you're like, oh yeah, he is a piece of shit. All right. Yeah. Now Quan overhears that Kenji is going to kill Seiya and Quan lets Seiya out. He says he can help her get to America, but she won't leave without her sword that Kenji currently has and won't let go of. So Seiya, who is just busted, she can barely stand. Uh, she's in no shape to fight. So she wants Quan to go and fight Kenji. So good. I love it. She she like basically forces him to go like she forces them to go to where the sword is and she can't even stand. So she's like, it's either me going in there and fighting or you and I can't stand. So I guess it's you. Mm -hmm. So Quan sneaks in. He dresses up in some sort of like if I had to describe it, I'd call it a Japanese Tron outfit. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Uh, he's able to get the sword while Kenji's distracted. Um, he, it's kind of great. Yeah, he, he cuts Kenji's eyeball and then runs out. Yeah. He yeah. jumps on a motorcycle with Seiya, and Wes Craig gives us a few completely ridiculous pages of a motorcycle chase. And I just want to say, I think Wes is one of the best artists for conveying movement and speed. Yeah. I, I don't see it done much better very often. You just, you can really tell when things are happening fast. You can also just tell when people are slowly moving through 
um, an envir- an environment. Like he just has a really good way of showing you that there's movement happening in the scene. He has a really good way of laying out his panels, a really um, creative way of laying out his panels. They're often um, they're often slanted in action, and the way that they're slanted often um, gets your eyes to sort of travel a certain way. And and when when it starts to your eyes start to travel that way, you kind of feel the action and move with the action and move with the page. He's really good. He's really fantastic you're right and then when he like does a lot of little panels he's sort of doing something in slow motion he's like breaking down um while we've been doing things fast paced he's breaking down a moment and breaking down a facial expression in slow motion he's really fantastic i i'm gonna have like a lot of great things to say about this issue i don't think it's just because we jumped back in um i think it's because this issue and sort of the entire volume is just some of the best deadly class comics we've read i think it's just like top-notch what Wes Craig is doing here and uh, Rick Remender at the same time. Yeah, I I mean, while I agree, this is one of my least favorite volumes. I See, I would say it's my favorite. And I, really? I, I hope it's not because we just jumped back in and I have been missing it. But like, there's just, it's, to me, it's so... It's so diverse. There's so much different stuff happening in this volume. It hits me on sort of every single level. It's not just the wild action. It's it's everything. It's all the beats that I love in the comic, uh, and I get them in in each in each issue. Quan takes Saya to a freightliner heading to America, where he got her a room where she can be safe and cross. Quan feels remorse for all the bad shit he's done to her, to Marcus, and to the others. And he asks Saya to tell them he's sorry. He says he's going home and he's going to try to have a fresh start. And Saya says, some people can do that, get a fresh start, but not him. And she stabs him through the chest. Yeah. Do you feel this coming? No. Okay, when he was when he was giving his plan about like what he's going to do after and how he's going to try to start over and start fresh, I was just thinking she is sticking her sword right through him. There's no way she's going to let him get away with this. Yeah, I definitely felt like he was going to go and turn over a new leaf. Yeah. I did though forget that he was the one who threw Saya off of a rooftop. And as soon as this yeah. happened and I was like, oh, why did Saya do that? Then I remembered that he threw her off a rooftop and basically like sent her to Kenji the first time. Then I thought, oh, yeah, this makes sense. So I, I kind of had forgotten some of the story. Yeah, Tim, he stabbed her and threw her into a pool, Yeah, which she stabbed him and threw him into the, the, ocean. the lake or ocean or whatever. So she paid him back exactly how he how he got her well not quite exactly because she's alive and i think he's Uh, dead (laughs) that's true but i don't think i'm not really sure he just meant to not kill her he stabbed her and threw her off like the top of a building and she just happened to land into a pool yeah well anyways i i love this next page right after she stabs him the, the, the page is split into like one third on the left, two thirds on the right. On the right side, you see the back of the freight liner as it's sailing away at night. And it's just in one big frame. And on the left side, you had just mentioned something like this. There's five square panels going from top to bottom. 
and it's Wes Craig breaking down a moment. And that moment is Quan just slowly sinking deeper and deeper and deeper in the water until he's out of sight. And it was gorgeous. There, there was a finality to it for me. Like exactly. He's gone. I, I'm, yeah. I do not expect Quan to come back in this book. This was him being written out of this book. And it was, I thought it was done in a beautiful way. That's exactly it, Tim. It's finality. That's what I was going to say, because many people in this book get swords through them and come back in some sort of way. So this is just showing you he's not coming back. Let this sit with you. Let his story sit with you. This is the last you're going to see it. The last you're going to hear from him. He is done. Yep. So holy shit, we're back at King's Dominion now. And we're back in class. It's one of our favorites, Dean. It uh, must be poison class because they're learning about mustard gas. Great. Yeah, great. One of the students says the guy sitting in front of him has been dropping mustard gas farts all semester. And it turns out (laughs) it turns out that person dropping the farts is our buddy Shabnam. Uh, He's very embarrassed by the comments and he turns around and slaps the kid. And we see Shabby, his face is all scarred from when Petra got him with the acid. Yeah, I like, I think, I don't think we've seen Shabnam since then. We haven't. And uh, yeah, so we do see him now for the first time in a long time. And he's in Poison's class. He's in the class that got his face scarred. Like Petra learned that stuff in this class to attack him with. I just think it's cool that this is where we see him for the first time. I actually never thought about that. Yeah, that's a great point. He's trying to, he's trying to learn about his weaknesses. He's like, I should probably take poisons. Totally. Then someone runs into class, Dean, and says, holy shit, you're not going to believe this. Then we see that Marcus and Maria have come back to school. And Marcus and Maria are quickly uh, taken into Master Lin's office. He wants to know why they came back and uh, what they think about their friends who were all killed. And Marcus and Maria basically just have to suck it up and lie to him about it. And I don't know if he believes it or not, but he says he believes it. He says, okay, you guys are back in. Yeah, this part was a little confusing for me just because I... I couldn't tell if he bought what they were saying or not. I couldn't even tell what kind of questions he was asking, like why they were important. Um, so it's just, it always just kind of confusing because I didn't know, I didn't know what the outcome was. Like, I think no matter what their answers to the questions were, I feel like Lynn was going to just let them go. Yeah. You know, it was going to be like, okay, you're back. Great. So yeah. I just, I don't know what to think of the whole thing. I just assume from his character that he always kind of knows what's going on. And he knows yeah. that they wouldn't come back unless they were up to something. Yeah, totally. But he wants to see what it is, right? Yeah. So he accepts their response and tells them he'll allow them back in. And while they've missed half of the year, it's like halfway through the school year, he's willing to give them transferred credits from life experience. I loved that. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it so much because, I mean, they could probably be teaching the school now, teaching the classes from all the shit that they've been through recently. And he's like, I, I guess I recognize that and I'll give you credits for what you've been doing outside of the school. It's, it's really cool, really smart. 
it's really cool. It is it is really interesting. I was trying to find like the equivalent to what you would do in high school where you just leave for like six months to do something and come back and they'll be like, oh, you don't have to take wood shop anymore because you were making chairs for six yeah, months. Right. Like you just get an A plus in that. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it's fun. Lynn says up for valedictorian this year is Brandy, Victor, Shabnam. And now Marcus and Maria. They're already, yeah, they're they're already right to top, the top of the class. <laughs> now, it seems like Marcus is extremely popular on campus. Everybody wants to be his friend. The girls want to be more than that. But he doesn't yeah. want any of it. Uh, he feels gross that he's back there. He can't stand the place and how fake everything is. Yeah, see, while I um while I think like Professor Lin is definitely like knows what's going on and is kind of lying to them that he's comfortable and cool with them being back, I think the students really are pumped that he's back Agreed. because he's like the first the first rat to survive um the the final exam in year one like if he survived he was allowed to come back and so he came back and everyone's like oh fuck it's like it's marcus it's the guy who survived we didn't get him no one got him and he's super popular now and i thought that was i thought that was really cool i thought that was really really interesting that uh, that's their big thing at the end so if he made it out it doesn't matter how it doesn't matter where he's been since then he's back now and he's the talk he's the talk of the school i thought that was fun yeah it was fun yeah, he's Mr. Popular. That's cool. But he, he he's Mr. Popular. He doesn't in, want it. In every aspect. Yeah. Now, Marcus is outside uh, the back of the school in the graveyard with Maria, imagining all his friends that have been killed. And he tells them they'll love what he has planned. Ah. Hmm. That's why they're back. There's a plan. Yes, this is kind of the first time. We, we knew there would be a plan, but this is the first time sort of we hear him say there's a plan. Yeah, he's got a plan. Yeah. Then we get a bit of fun here where Victor, Shabby, Grogda, and Brandy come to tell Marcus that they run the school, so fuck off. And it was a funny scene because out of everybody in that group there, including Marcus and Maria... They all want to rat on each other um, to right. get each uh, to get the other person expelled out of the school, but they all have these terrible secrets, so they can't even rat on right. the other person because that person could yeah. rat on them. They're all hiding something, so it's funny. Like they come out and try to be like, "Well, you know, you better watch out because we've got this dirt on you, Marcus." And Marcus is like, "Shut up! Like I know more stuff on you than you know on me." So like, yeah, f off. Yeah, this is this is a really big part for me because uh, Marcus and Maria just showed their attitude like they just gave it right back to them. And so I thought that was really cool. I thought it was cool that they didn't just come back to King's Dominion because they thought they need to be back and then got picked on like they the confidence that they exuded in this moment. I was like, oh, this plan is actually going to be fucking good. Like this plan is going to be really good. They are so confident right now. Yeah, definitely. Now. New scene here. Brandy is using her influence, we'll call it, to get Shabnam <laughs> cool. on her side. <laughs> and it's in, in quite the influence, yeah. It, it's uh, quite the influence. Um, she's very, let's just say, she's very persuasive. 
She's very persuasive. Catch my yeah. drift, everybody out there. <laughs> she's very persuasive. Um, yeah. And she gets him to agree to make the move to kill Marcus. They just want yeah. well, Brandy. Just wants it done. She wants to go after him. Yeah. Stephen is supposed to set it up, and then Brandy will kill Marcus in public to make a major statement to the rest of the students. Yeah. And Steve, like we opened the chapter on Stephen being like this, like kind of social justice warrior out on the streets. Yeah. Right. So he's been doing stuff on his own time because he feels bad for what he had to do to be top of the class, to be in that group. So uh, maybe setting the hit up on Stephen isn't necessarily the greatest plan for that group to, to make. Well, no. And the thing with Stephen is that like they bully him. They've been taking advantage of him like yeah. the whole time. He's in their group. But um, I mean, now this is all the way back to like volume one or two, but they killed his boyfriend, yeah. right? Is that what happened? He did. Oh, he had he to kill his boyfriend. They made him kill yeah. his boyfriend. Right. Okay. Yeah. So he's been regretting that this whole time. And um, and they just bully him yeah. all the time about about they just keep bullying him yeah and so he's off doing things on his own to try to make it right right so now we're back in school we know that they don't know that but we know he's been doing stuff to make it right to make it right and now we're back in school and he's been tasked with at least setting up the hit on marcus right because setting up the hit is probably the worst job you can have in like the worst role you can have in this scenario because you're not getting any of the credit you don't get the credit for the kill if you kill him, you still get in yeah. trouble. Uh, if you set it up, you still get in trouble. But if you set it up, you don't get any any of the glory. He's just like they're... Exactly. It's the worst like, spot. Yeah. So they're in the cafeteria, and Steven starts to distract Marcus. Brandy starts roller skating over with blades coming out of her pom-poms. I love <laughs> that. <not>? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. But at the last second, Steven smacks her in the face with a food tray. And says he can't do it. Cool. And Marcus sees the commotion, sees what's happened, and he tells everyone to leave Brandy alone. That Shabby was the one who probably ordered this. And then he calls out Shabby and tells him uh, to try to do it himself next time. Mm-hmm. Now, Marcus, this whole issue has been completely depressed to be back at King's Dominion. You can really tell just how much he loathes this school. Um, yeah. Again, how fake everything is, how fake everyone is. And he says, no one is a friend. Nothing I say is real. I'm not here. My eyes are open. Stick to the plan. It's almost over now. I'm almost done. Then I can disappear for real, leave their world behind, find a cool green corner to watch the water flow by. My journals have been full of this heart-sick complaining for so many years, I don't know what it will take to actually change. But now things are different. I'm not seeking happiness anymore. I'm after something else entirely. I like that bit of writing. So he's, yeah. he's there... And you can tell yeah. he's disgusted with it, but he realizes he's there for a reason. 
which is why he's going through with everything. But it doesn't mean he's going to like it or has to like it. Yeah. So one of the girls, one of the many girls, I should say, that's been hitting on Marcus throughout this volume invites him to a party and he agrees to go. And it turns out that this is actually Willie's sister, which I thought was awesome. Awesome addition. Yeah. Unfortunately, she wants to kill him because she thinks he was the one that killed Willie. Uh, Marcus lets her know he didn't. And he also wants revenge. And he says, maybe she wants to help him get it. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. That he's going to team up with Willie's sister here. Yeah, I agree. It was very cool. It also just showed that Marcus is one step ahead of everyone because they lured him to that party and they set him up to shoot him in the back of the head and he knew what was happening. So he pulled a gun on them before they could pull one on him. So it's like Marcus is... Like this whole time he's been at King's back at King's Dominion, he's been so confident, one step ahead of everyone. So even though we think like Professor Lin might be one step ahead, I think Marcus is even one step ahead of him. Like it just it just shows to me that like I this plan's gonna be good and I wanna know what it is. Yeah. Um I like I like the dynamic of like if if we just consider this world that we're sort of living in here where you go to an assassin school, like he's progressed so far because of all the assassin type experiences that he's had, not just in the school, but out of the school that he is a far greater like assassin now than he was when he entered this school. You know, like this isn't something he would have probably picked up on in his first year at this school. But for, for all the stuff he's gone through, he's actually learning and growing as an assassin figure. And he's able to pick up on this, you know, ahead of time. And he's able to realize this is Willie's sister and he knows what she's planning on doing. And he's like a couple steps ahead of everybody because he's, you know, for lack of a better term, he's well-educated now, right? Yeah. Yeah, it it is actually cool to see him come back to the school and be one step ahead of everyone who's in the school. You know, he got the life experience. He should have got extra credit for all that because he's better than everyone in the school. He should be pushed all the way to the top of uh, who's who's in line for valedictorian because he is that. He is at the top of the class right now. Yeah, I feel like he's not ahead of Lin yet, Master Lin. I think Master Lin is still a step yeah. ahead of him. Yeah, he might be. Now, earlier, Z had invited... Marcus and Maria to a Christmas church service and Marcus declined, but Maria accepted. Now we see Z and Maria go to that church and Z tells Maria she's sorry. She lied. There's another reason why she brought her to the church. Right. And I'm worried. I don't. I'm nervous. Yeah. legitimately have no idea what to expect next yeah i was pretty nervous because also this this whole group of like you know z and helmet and tasawi have sort of been off to the side and glaring at at marcus and maria the whole time and sort of have their own little thing their own little plot going so i was very worried here i thought they were setting them up yeah it seemed like the group of five had kind of split uh yeah i i took it as like just a school dynamic where the 
the clicks kind of start mm, to yeah. happen again and they just went off in their own directions. But Z says there's another reason why she brought her to the church. And we see inside is none other than Saya waiting with her sword. Now, what did you think here, Dean? Okay, so... You see Saya. You see Saya. What do you think? You see Saya. Okay, so I see Saya, and Saya's been so uh, aggressive in this volume so far that I think Saya... um, I think Saya might... Could be uh, having, like, a beef with somebody here. So I felt I felt that Saya standing there was uh, aggressive. I felt uh, still scared. I still I still felt worried for Maria. Um, and then you kind of pan down a bit, and on the same page, Maria whips out her fan. Right. And so then I'm like, oh, they're throwing down. Like it's just happening right here. They've never really been friends, and they're gonna have it out right now. Yeah. So when I see Saya, I'm absolutely shocked to see her in that moment. Yeah. But. I, I knew what was going to happen. I knew it was coming. Yeah. It, it was my first. I was like, oh, damn, that's Saya. But then I was like, wait, everything's going to be okay. And like yeah, you said. Maria, this Because this one got me. Right. Yeah. We're re- reversed yeah. on these uh, Saya scenes. Yeah. But yeah. Mar- yeah. Like you said, Maria grabs her death fan, runs towards yeah. Saya. Then they both drop their weapons and they embrace. Yeah. Great. That's basically it for... My volume that I read. Right. Now yeah, we, we yeah. can get to the bonus issue. Yeah. Which was kind of not part of this story at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. As you know, it, it's a free comic book. So I guess they were just trying to get people interested in the story. Um, what I thought that that issue did was it brought back memories and feelings for the characters that we've had in the past that maybe we've forgotten about that I think are going to become important in the next volume. Totally. Totally. I think they're setting the connections. You're right. They're setting the connections back up that we had before, but we haven't had them in a while. So they're going to uh, set that up so that we can know what to expect when all these characters get back together again. And so the, the, it's just, basically just everyone's explain, going. Yeah. Oh, we can explain yeah. the issue. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say basically the whole gang, it, well, it's a, it's sort of a flashback issue. It's back to um, Marcus's maybe first week, does it say? Yeah, first week at King's Dominion. Um, so he's just like getting to know some friends, um, taking a couple classes. And basically the, most of the issue takes place when they're at a Loose Screws concert. And so why I liked this and, and also being part of the volume is that Marcus was wearing a Loose Screws shirt when he entered King's Dominion and Saya was wearing a Loose Screws shirt in the church. Um, so that's like their connection. They were wearing sort of the same shirt when they were both, um, you know, sort of introduced, I guess, uh, Marcus to King's Dominion introduced, but Saya introduced to Maria again in this volume. And then we have this issue of them going to a concert. So we get like why they bond over that and and what kind of bond they had and why why Marcus's and Saya's bond is different than his bond with Maria. Um, it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, like I said, it doesn't progress the plot. I think I said that earlier in the episode. It yeah. doesn't really progress the plot at all because it's a flashback, but it just gives us a little bit more deeper connection. Um, and like you said, remind us. Remind us of what we what we were experiencing before with these characters. So I, I loved to end it on this. And 
it, it sort of it was like a it was like a calm down from the big moment of Seiya being in the church, and then I got this calm down issue of just like okay, let's just hang out with the friends again before we go back to the go to the next volume. We've been sort of reconnecting with Willie from time to time uh, in Marcus's head. They'll bring Willie back and we'll see him standing there talking to Marcus, but it's all in Marcus's head. But, you know, for us to continue to believe uh, Marcus's pain and how much his friends, the loss of his friends meant to him, I think it's important that we continue to understand their bonds together. And this is a a really great way to do it because we get to see them um, when Willie was alive and they're having fun, right? They're, they're kind of, yeah. they're all together. And yeah, like in, in the um, current timeline, like Marcus and Maria are together in this earlier timeline was when Marcus and Saya were together. And that's, that's where we're at. That's where we're at here. Marcus and Saya are bonding at this concert and what we what we get here is you get a, a small glimpse of Maria seeing the two of them together and being jealous. That's something we never knew about before. We never knew that Maria was jealous of Marcus and Saya. We didn't know that. And she actually yeah, like true. kisses Willie here just because she's feeling jealous. We didn't know that that happened. And those two combos there, uh, Saya and Marcus and Maria and Willie, they flip-flopped. Um, back, you know, however many volumes ago and Saya and Willie were together and Maria and Marcus were together. So it was interesting that they show us earlier that something else happened. Um, so I, I, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. And then there's like this side story going on with Victor as well, where he, right. um, kind of gets some revenge on, on some people who did his family wrong. And it was all directed by master Lin. Master Lin was like, you know, he's yeah. like, tell me about these people who wronged you in the past. And uh, he, Victor's like, these were the people. This is what they did. They're like his most hated people. And Master Lin says, they're going to be at this concert tonight. Your homework assignment is to get revenge and then tell me how it felt. I thought that was really yeah. cool because we haven't really seen totally. Master Lin like hand out an assignment like that. And yeah. I thought it was good, you know, character building for Victor because he is like the alpha right? He's the alpha at the school. And it's cool to see that, you know, Master Lin probably thinks the same, that he is the alpha as well. And it gives him this yeah. assignment to like progress him along. And uh, it was kind of fun watching, you know, Victor interact with Marcus and the group there at the concert because Victor, <laughs> Victor is there <laughs> to, uh, to, to kill these people who are going to be at the concert. And Marcus yeah. and Maria and Saya, they all think that Victor just is there to hang out at the concert and they're trying to be friends with him. They're like, oh, hey, Victor, yeah. what are you doing here? And he's like, you know, I am here to watch boner fish. And they're like, do you mean right. fishbone? And, <laughs> and he's just like, they're all getting high. And he's like, I don't, you know, I don't do that. And then he ends up getting super high uh, because they say it relaxes you. And it, <laughs> Victor just seems like he needs to relax a bit. Yeah. So he gets super baked. Uh, and then like murders, like three or four people. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, like for a free comic. That's, it's a lot of fun. I thought it was uh, really good. It's really great. Yeah. I think it's really great for a free comic. I like that. So Victor kind of meets up with them ahead of time. He in like the, in the street 
And then he goes off on his own. Like he goes to the yeah. concert alone. And then after what I really liked is uh, they kind of see him like Marcus kind of sees Victor after. And he was like, hey, you know, you could have hung out with us in the concert. We can like hang out. You just have to be you just have to stop being such a dick. Like, just be just be cool. It's OK. Like, we can hang out. We can be friends. And then you get Victor sort of uh, just being horrible to Marcus again. But like he just killed three people. Marcus doesn't know that. So he's got yeah. a little edge on him. And so he's horrible to Marcus and storms off. But it's kind of cool just to see them not always just hate each other, but to see that they actually would have could have been friends. It's like they 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 if if uh, Victor was up to it, they would have been. But uh, it didn't really work out this evening because he was there for a different reason. And that was a really, really good comic. Really, really fun one to add at the end here. Yeah, I like what Victor said, though. He um, when Marcus was trying to kind of befriend him and just be like, look, we can we can hang out. He says, you don't know me, right? Like you, you don't, yeah. you don't know what like my wants and, you know, responsibilities are. And I, I really liked that, um, to dig a little bit into Victor's character, like yeah. all the things he's doing in this book it's not about friendship. It's not about having friends. It's like, he's got a much more serious purpose than these other people do. Right. Like Marcus was, yeah. he was brought into the school by Saya. Um, I believe master Lin sent Saya to, to bring him to recruit him, but he was about to commit suicide when she grabbed him right, and yeah. brought, said like, don't, yeah. don't do it. Just try coming to this school. Victor's got a lot more, like he's there for different, more important reasons. So I like that he's yeah. not like fraternizing with them. He's like on these missions and he's trying to be the best. So I, like I get, and I, I appreciate that he doesn't want to be friends. He doesn't want to hang out with them because that's not, that's not getting him to his goal. So I, yeah. I love that he always stays true to that character in, in the book. He never strays from that. That's his path. Yeah, totally. It's great. Cool. Well, that's about it, unless you got anything else you want to say. No. I I mean, we can revisit how I love this volume so much. Um, okay, sure. It just, I, I it, it's just sort of, I, I think it's, I think the book is just really consistent throughout. So that's maybe why I feel like every time I pick up a volume, it's my favorite one. But just like jumping back into this sort of like hallucination chapter at the beginning, then sort of an action chapter, um, then going back to King's Dominion, you know, just like hitting back stuff that I loved about it. Um, it's just I, I, I really enjoyed every part of reading it and I couldn't imagine it being any better than it was. So then in my head, I'm like, well, that's the best. Like that had to have been the best. I couldn't have had a better time reading it. So every time I read a new volume, I think it's the best. The next volume is going to be the best too. That's just how I'm rolling with this book. Yeah. Issue one definitely started out with um, this possibly being my favorite volume. Uh, what it's missing for me, it's missing some action. There wasn't quite enough um, violence for, for what, what we've seen in the past. And it was missing kind of that shocker moment cliffhanger for me. I, you know, cool ended off with Saya and Maria hugging, but that's not going to get me to come back to volume nine. I mean, obviously I'm coming back to volume nine. Like I'm not obviously not stopping here, but let's say this was volume one. 
that's not getting me to read volume two. And they've been pretty consistent with giving you real big cliffhanger moments that I want to leave the podcast and read the next volume. Like I have to go and read it. That was not the case this time. I'm curious about Marcus's big plan, but not really enough to be like, I have to go find out what it is right now. Maybe they could have dropped some hints about that. So, you know, just for those reasons, it's not my favorite. I think it's a great volume. It's not my least favorite, that's for sure. There's lots of awesome things in it. Keep in mind, too, this was only, like, really, this is only four issues. Like, that fifth issue, if they actually had a fifth issue, it would have been different than that. It wouldn't have been that. Um, so I think they're they're also working with less space here. So if they've had five issues or six issues, maybe we get the stuff that I feel like we're missing um, and it becomes my favorite volume. Uh, but for a four issue volume, this is excellent. Excellent, excellent volume. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. There's no like stinger at the end um, to sort of bring you back or keep you wanting more. I definitely, when I finished, did not feel like I needed to open up the next one. Um, I felt content with what I had um, and I didn't have to like go to the next one. And that's just something that every other volume has had up to now is just like that stinger. That's like, Oh, give me the next volume right now. Um, so yeah, I get you on that. I feel like the next volume is just going to go though. I feel like it's going to, yeah, it, it's going it to start now, yeah. and it's going to be a rocket yeah. ship that just takes off. So really yeah, looking forward so. to it. We promised to cover it at some point. Yeah. In the future. It'll happen, Tim. It'll happen. Oh, I promise you we'll cover it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, Dean. Well, thanks for joining this week. Yes. Thank you, Tim. That was great. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we've made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the episode, everybody. We wanted to let you know if you'd like to show your support for Talking Back, then please check out our Patreon page where you can join one of our membership tiers and unlock bonus episodes and more each and every month. Or you can check out our page at buymeacoffee.com slash talking back where you can make a one-time donation of any amount or feel free to leave a positive review for us on iTunes. All three options are great ways to show your support for the show. That's it. We're done.